You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. I'm here again with Stephen Vicky. How are you doing, everybody? Hey, hey. We are, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, we're still wearing the same outfits as last time. Yeah. So Except me. <laughs> oh, Steve, <laughs> Except me. I've totally changed my outfit. I'm in a completely different... Uh, Don't tell him what it is. I walked in today I'm in and he, he was I'm in a completely different... Uh, so you probably should look on YouTube. Yeah, if, you're, if we'll you just listen views. to audio, then go, go to YouTube and check out my Steve's My identity outfit. changes yeah. right now. Because <laughs> we've done two. Yeah, so... Uh, so we're, we might be in England right now you probably are yes, yes while you're hearing this but um, i will probably wear it sunday to preach oh, so. in england Mike. no here <laughs> oh in england would be perfect oh, that would be perfect God. they already think we're all cowboys yeah, wear your cowboy <laughs> shoes yeah, that, would, that would go down like a like lead a, balloon oh like my gosh but uh, that could be fun. So we could be rummy or um could be a little goofy right now because this is the second one in a row yeah but last time was good we talked about falling in love with jesus oh, and, and working for him and yes Today we'll we'll just dive right in. I think so. Why not? Uh, one of the the things that you coined at the father's house is this like, the idea of the four headed monster, which are some things in our hearts that come up and cause trouble. And we'll go over what what they are in a moment. But just my thought is these are some of the very things that hinder us from being able to fall in love with Jesus in the first place yeah. and, and love one another. So yeah, this you'd find you'd find this you know most definitely in Matthew seven with. Uh, um, you know, forgiven, you shall be forgiven. Uh, forgive not, and you shall mm-hmm. not be forgiven. Yes. And uh, judge not, and you will not be judged, but judge, and you will be judged. Good measure, Yeah. what you give. Given, you shall receive with yes. good measure, be measured back to you. Uh, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Everyone's familiar with that as a, you know, like forgiving money and receiving mm-hmm. money, correct? So everybody really wants the money to be given to them, right? So... The, the verse about these things, uh, I, can, I want to t- start with a little story about, I was so anti this message about forgiveness mm-hmm. and, you know, it's all, I mean, you're either forgiven or you're not kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? You know, that's, I'm not going to buy anything else. And yet Christians were so unable to get free from certain things. You know, I knew people couldn't stop biting their fingernails, couldn't stop pulling their eyelids out. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, I, what's it called? Brow, eyebrow, uh, eyelids. Eyelashes. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Vicki. Pull their eyelashes out. They couldn't stop. And people just aren't free. And, uh, you know, I was arguing against myself, really, just arguing against my own belief. Mm -hmm. People were just struggling. And I just didn't believe that what your sins could be, that your attitudes could affect your life. Mm Because Jesus is under the, it's all under the blood. He lives in me. You know, I just can't have that much power. So I realized, though, that um, when you read the 18th chapter of Matthew with the, uh, the, uh, the wicked manager who got forgiven a great debt, but then went out and held the nether guy to his debt, then the master who forgave the first debt heard of it, called him in and said, shouldn't you have forgiven, since I forgave you this great debt, shouldn't you have forgiven your servant a little debt? Mm-hmm. And he puts him back in jail and makes him serve the penalty, and it says... He will serve until every sin is paid. And the last phrase of that story is, and this is how your heavenly father will deal with you if you do not forgive. And so 
this for me started my theology change because there are areas in my life that are really clear. I, for, I changed. Mm. The Bible changed me. The truth of the Bible just mm -hmm. changed me. I was standing on what I'd been told, what I'd heard preached, what people said all the time. What I wanted to believe really was we're just free from all this stuff. But in reading the 18th chapter and the wicked manager story, it suddenly dawned on me, this guy was forgiven and ended up serving in jail until every pen penny so was good. paid. How does he pay every penny in jail? Hmm. Yeah. So he was permanently in jail, basically. You know, there's no way to pay it back if you can't work. Mm -hmm. And so I realized, and I started asking people, do you think the sins you've been forgiven can be put back on you? And nobody believed that. Hmm. Well, what about this story that Jesus told? And this guy was forgiven, but because he refused to forgive, the very sins he were forgiven for came back to him and he served the sentence. Wow. So good. And so I realized maybe I'm the uh -oh. ignorant one. Uh -oh. Jesus says this and I've been saying that maybe I should go back and just believe what Jesus says and try to let my theology be formed and fashioned by the Bible instead of what everyone says. Mm. Well, right after that, he talks about judge and you shall be judged. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. By the measure you use in mercy will be the measure used for you in mercy. And I began to want to know, what does judged mean, man? Because Paul tells us that we shouldn't even associate with the immoral brother. And he's saying, can't you judge these things? So they must be two different meanings of the words judged, what Jesus is saying and what Paul's calling the church to do. Well, Paul explained, he says, I'm not talking about people outside the church. Wow. I'm talking about people inside the mm -hmm. church, people who claim to be holy, you are to judge their actions and discriminate between truth and lies and right and wrong. So I'm looking at this and then judge and you shall be judged. I mean, and so the measure you use. So what does judge mean? Well, it, this particular judge is to make the final determination like they're going to hell. To make a decision about you will be damned or damn you, hmm. you know, to make the final determination in wording causes me to have a the same exact final determination that I gave. So if I say he's going to hell, I'm saying I'm going to hell. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nobody teaches that. But that's what that word means in that verse. And I'm like, well, we always say, well, hey, you're saved, buddy. You believe you're saved. You're saved. Mm -hmm. Well, that also is a final determination. Wow. Wow. And I'm not, I'm forbidden from doing that. And so as long as, the main, it doesn't mean right or wrong. It says, do not make a final determination. That's the judgment. Hmm. This is God's place to judge. And if you make determinations that somebody over here doing wrong, that's never going to be saved. You say they're going to be saved. You're going to be deceived by the same measure and thought you're saved when you're not saved. Wow. And it's, it's like this deceptive deception of the mind is I create it by my own actions. Mm -hmm. Well, you just keep going, man, and selfishness and selflessness. We just talked about it in the last week about love one another as I have loved you. Well, the very definition of love in the Bible, the New Testament definition of love for God, God loving you, you loving one another is selflessness. Mm -hmm. And so the opposite of that is hate, which is selfishness. And so it says if you, you, you can't hate, you got to love. And if you want to, you want to be right with God, you got to love. And if you want to, and if you'll, and if you'll obey and love, be selfless, mm -hmm. not selfish, then he will love, be selfless towards you. Wow. 
and give to you all of what heaven has and not withhold it from you if you will just do this. Envy is um, God gave you gifts and talents and I'm jealous and I want your and once I instead of just being jealous like I wish I had those it's no I want them Mm -hmm. and I'm and I'm going to take them. Or uh, God gave you this wife, and I want your wife. It's the coveting. And I go work to try to win her heart. That is what envy is, trying to take what you've been given. Yeah. And want, and not just wanting, just not, not, not saying, I wish I had what you have. I wish I had a wife like that. No, I want that wife, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take your wife. Yeah. That's, what, that's really the definition of envy, is to try to, you're, you're, the, you're the worship leader, but I want to be. So I go and work to discredit you so that I can be the worship leader. I envy you your position, and I go to try to take it from you. That's envy. And offense is simply being offended. And it's everything Jesus taught against. And so Plus I began this. Who does not take offense at me, right? Yes. And I, and I, I, I began to develop this uh, four-headed monster message years ago. And, you know, it really... It devours, and I really wanted to find everything that causes a Christian seeking grace, a Christian believing with faith, the doorway into grace, acting on faith, which is how you get grace, which is absolutely free once you've accessed it, mm-hmm. it's, it and you access it by faith. I wanted to see what is stopping so many people from the faith and the works of faith that Jesus said would procure grace, mm-hmm. like like fruit bearing branches and oil filled lamps and foundations on stone and I mean you know seed on the good soil and all of the different parables he told going on and on and on, um, acting upon his sayings and all of those things, denying self, pick up and cross, follow me, all that stuff. What is eating that mm-hmm. in so many Christians' lives? And I really came to the conclusion that it was this four-headed monster of envy, unforgiveness, selfishness, and offense. And they are clearly laid out in the new covenant. And I had denied them for many years. And as I began to look, going, wow, your sins can be put on you. If you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. In fact, what you were forgiven will be unforgiven. And if you judge, you'll be judged. And you'll be judged in accordance with how you judged. And if you determine people's outcome, someone else is going to determine your outcome. Mm. And it's like, whoa, serious stuff. So the four-headed monster eats you alive. Mm. It's why Christians have a whole belief system that doesn't work to bring them the fruit of the Spirit, peace and patience and kindness and goodness and joy and faithfulness and and self-control. It doesn't bring them the fruit of the Holy Spirit because they don't put down this four-headed monster. Mm. And I think Vicki is probably one of the four most uh, authorities I've ever known on this four-headed monster and how to put it down and renounce and reject it. Yeah, that that has been really an um, incredible revelation since, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord showed us. And it's like, you know, wanting wanting what someone else has, their gifts and talents, it's, that's just a, that's such a trap. And um, uh, envy and jealousy. So we used to say it was jealousy, but I think it's more envy, like mm-hmm. Steve said. Uh, unforgiveness. That one is like when we really got the revelation of that. We actually read a book um, years ago called um, "The Importance of Forgiveness." I think by Carol Arnott. It changed our life because we were so offended, and but as Christians, we acted like we weren't offended. And I remember just you know seeing people at the supermarket and 
going the other way because we're offended with them or that name is so so and so's names mentioned and here in the back of your neck stands up so it was obvious by my by my actions that I didn't forgive these people mm-hmm. so the, the forgiveness now that we seek is really a deep forgiveness and not and uh, the Lord the Holy Spirit just kind of breathed it into um, the father's house years ago about how you forgive it's um you don't walk up to people and tell them everything they did. I think that's. A, I don't think that that works all the time, except maybe in marriage. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, it, we we have a, a thing called inner healing where we deal with a lot of the stuff. And Luke, you know that too, where we're really honest and and it says forgive and you shall be forgiven. Mm-hmm. If you don't be forgiven, you won't. You will not be forgiven, and you will not see G, the heaven. So, I mean, dealing with it in a real way yeah. is so essential. And being honest, you know, I don't want what you have. I want what Jesus has for me. I want the gifts and talents for me. And I relayed a story years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, a few weeks ago on this podcast is how I was so kind of envious of my children and my husband because they're so, they're wired so differently than I am. And they're so, they're so literally incredible forerunners and they can build things and design things. And they're perfectionists and I'm just not. I'm just mediocre in some things and I was really struggling with like I don't know what I do well I just I, I'm so envious of what they can do they can he can build buildings and people and, and uh, build lights of hope and she can do this and she can do that and he can do that and what about me I have nothing and so I was very envious I remember it was kind of it's kind of embarrassing I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there because this might be for someone when you're jealous of your children mm. when you're de- jealous of their, their gifts and their talents or you're jealous of your spouse because they get all the glory or they get all the accolades or whatever. So I just, I, I just began to go after that. And, um, and the Lord showed me eventually what, I was, what my gifts were. But, I mean, these things are part of the world system, and they affect us every day. Yeah. Every day there's causes to, for me to be offended with someone. You know, someone cuts you off. They go too slow. They walk too slow. They, you, mm-hmm. know, they, you know, whatever. They, they, they flip you off. They, your husband and your wife, you know, you get mad at your kids. But... But to stay in an unoffended life where you don't hold on to things. I mean, you can be irritated. That's not really offense. It's where you go the other way in the supermarket mm-hmm. or the hair in the back of your net really stands up. So I think dealing with that in a real way is important. Yeah, that's really good. Well, let's, let's just talk about e- each one of them for a second, yeah. as individuals for a few minutes. Um, let's start with selfishness, right? Steve, you said selfishness is can be said as hate. So can we just talk about, like, if we are someone who recognizes, you know, I, I can get, a, like, I get selfish or I can be selfish, what sort of impact does that have on your relationship with the Lord and even the relation, your relationship with others? Honestly, selfishness ruins, every marriage that's ruined is ruined from selfishness. Children are ruined when they're taught to be selfish, when parents are selfish towards them. Like we, our whole ministry is based on selfish parents wouldn't take care of their children. Mm. They were too weak to discipline them. They were too selfish, uh, selfish to um, spend time with them. Mm-hmm. They were all about themselves and they ignored their children and let them raise themselves. Our whole ministry is about people who ignored their children. We have addiction ministry. Yeah, we have addiction mm-hmm. and all. I mean, it's way more than that. It's yeah. we have religiously broken kids mm-hmm. who um, were good. all raised in very rigid religions mm-hmm. that were just not paid attention to, mm-hmm. not made to feel valuable. 
and so selfishness has its arms in everywhere in the poorest of the poor the right. richest of the rich rich kids grow up and never say five words to their parents mm-hmm. i just i just read a story of a, a pastor friend of mine he retired recently but we served in youth ministry together and today he was telling the story about he doesn't remember his mom or his dad ever saying once i love you mm-hmm. and uh he remembered going to his house after he was married and saying to his dad i love you and his dad said i love you too son he had never said that mm-hmm. and it's like i think it's really important that you make that effort. You create a human being or you marry a person. You are making the statement that I am going to live for you. Mm. When you give birth, I am going to live to take care of you, raise you up in the right way, which includes discipline, all the training of etiquette, all the training of learning, like the ABCs and, the, and all of those things, mm-hmm. arithmetic, writing, and you know, a whole deal, reading. You are committed to be there. They, their homework, their teacher meetings, their everything, is it's, it's your responsibility. But what we're in is an epidemic of selfishness. Mm-hmm. Fathers abandoning families to, take, to, 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 to watch out for themselves so that they can serve their own needs and lusts and wants. Selfishness is just the root of evil it is it is the act of not loving and uh selflessness is the laying down of one's life for others which is the very definition of love and so you can see how they're diametrically opposed to serve jesus he says love one another as i have loved you by this all men will know that you're my disciples because you love one another and he says the way he told you and he says if you love me my father will love you you could take the word love out of all of that. First John 4, 7 and 8. Let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God. He that loves not does not know God. Mm-hmm. Beloved, let us love one another. You could take the word love out of all those scriptures and put selfishness. And it would mean exactly, it would tell you exactly what it means. It is, it is, the, it is the biggest word in our daily life. Selfishness or unselfishness selflessness becoming less than making other, considering others as more important than yourself That's good especially those who are your children and your spouse your congregation your family your friends your your body you know the christian body right. serving the church instead of That's waiting good. it to serve you yeah. so so selfishness if we leave that unchecked in our lives, where it's going to be, it's going to consume you. Consume us. Yeah, it, it is one yeah. of those vines. You know, I have a vine in my one of my places called Wisteria, mm-hmm. and man, you just look away for a minute. That thing is wrapped up, and in whatever it wraps on, it is no. You don't just clip it once and pull it like you know. It's wrapped, mm-hmm. and it, it's entwined. Wow. And and anyone who knows wisteria, it'll it just grows like right. crazy. It's the fastest growing weed I've ever seen, and it'll cross twenty feet on a trellis in in one season, um, because it, that's what selfishness is like. It's in it's it's just fingers just grow out and intertwine and grip, and they take hold of you. And in fact, it terrifies you if you live a life of selfishness. The idea of becoming unselfish terrifies you. Who will take care of me? It, it, it is. It blows faith out of the water. So when you hear things like serving, volunteering, giving, all that kind of stuff, there's not too much room for that. In right. You. The fact yeah. that the church, yeah. someone came to me today and said, I went to a church of 100, and we, or I had a church of 100 when I was pastor, and I couldn't get 10 people to volunteer on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning, take care of all the needs of the church. 
of 100 people mm-hmm. could get 10 volunteers 10%. for kids, church, mm-hmm. nursery, all that stuff. It's just, it's really difficult yeah. to get volunteers in the Christian church today because this is not taught. Well, well that's, some, we need to do something about that, which is, which is good. So then let's move on to, uh, let's do offense. Offense. Okay. Well, I talked about it a little bit just a few minutes yeah, ago. But just where does, it, you know, like what, what impact does that have in our lives? Oh, it, it handicaps you. I mean, it just, I mean, just this, this story I told is like, it handy. When you're offended, those per- people have control over you. Yeah. So just the fact, like, like you know, I'm not even talking about murder and rape and all the other stuff. I'm talking about people with people you're offended with that hurt your feelings that left the church, yeah. that said bad things about you. Um, if I if I'm offended with them, they control me. They control where I go. They control what I think. Um, they control my body. They control my mind. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just I just don't I just don't want th- that anymore. You know, it's just excuse me. Um, I had a phone call. Um, it's so dealing with it a deep way where it's like you know you, you actually verbalize um, out loud in a room you know so you know like Steve you really offended me you did this you did that it's just between you and Jesus even and it hurt my feelings you made me feel this you made me feel that but unless I forgive you I can't be forgiven and it's like so I forgive you Steve for what you did to me and I'm gonna ask Jesus not to hold those things against you and then of course we, I've sinned because I've been offended. And that handicaps me as well. So then it's like, well, Lord, forgive me for I've held out against my brother and my sister because we don't wage against flesh and blood, we uh, principalities. So um, offense is, like, so big. It, it just, yeah. I think, it, it's, I think honestly, it's probably the number one thing that cripples the church today yeah. is offenses. One of the things I see with offense, too, is it, it, we, it often doesn't just remain with us. I go and tell no, no. somebody else about Correct. my offense with that person. Now Very they're offended, too, right? It's, it, Secondhand offense. Yeah. And then now, and so now you've spread it. And, and so now, and I, that's what I, you know, the Lord's really been trying for me um, in the last two years to stay in my lane kind of like you know don't pick up anybody's thing that's not directly related to you if you know my relationship with you luke is my relationship with you your relationship with steve is not my relationship mm-hmm. i if, if steve hurt your feelings or vice versa that's not my gig mm-hmm. that's between the two of you so i've been really working on trying to stay in my in my own offenses because i have enough <laughs> i have enough offenses to go ahead and keep me busy yeah. most of the days yeah and and also just not spreading your offense to somebody else, right? Like, and that's hard. You know, it's hard, especially being married. You know, because we'll go home and you know, being quite honest, we'll talk about the day, you know, and it's like, oh my goodness, oh my, gr-, you know, it's like, so for a spouse, you know, for a husband, he wants to probably go beat somebody up, you know, if they hurt his right. wife, and and then I want to protect him, his heart, that mm-hmm. people would do this to him. So you got to be careful. You got to, right. you got to, you got to look at the offense, and you got to. Really try to be unoffendable. Right. Steve's reading a book right now called, um, what's it called, Unoffendable? Yeah. Just being unoffendable. Yeah. And I think that's a lifelong pursuit. For me it is. Maybe I'm unusual, but it's pretty much i got to do this a lot. Yeah. It really has. It's interesting because I'll say this on each item. <laughs> the root of offense is selfishness. selfishness. Yeah. yeah. Hate. Right. And it's, it's just such a, it's one of those things that's, it's so easy to get offended in the moment. Mm-hmm. You know who gets offended the most? People who hate themselves. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You got to so it's, so it's a weird thing from selfishness yeah. to be defined yeah. as hating yourself. Yeah. 
because when we dislike ourselves we really do feel that anything that somebody does that bothers us they're not just like it's not just oh they accidentally did that it's they did that to Pers- me right yeah, yeah we think they don't like yeah. us we start uh, assigning motive to their Signing actions motive you yeah know, and then we get offended and now they're th- they're the enemy and we just got to learn to that's really good you know they probably weren't thinking about you when they did that <laughs> well what i love about rejected people especially is yeah. like rejected people th- they're rejected right so they think no one considers them yet in their rejection they think everyone's considering them yeah in order to offend them yeah and it's like wait a minute you don't think anybody thinks about you because you're there you're betrayed and rejected but yet you think everybody does everything to reject you yeah anyway i thought that was fascinating yeah it really is and just to to step out of this offense thing, we really need to just yeah. I want to be not I don't assign wanna... motive to people's yeah. actions. If they do something that bothers us, like just give them the benefit of the doubt and, and learn to let let things go and love mm-hmm. one another regardless. Okay, let's do uh, envy again. I know you, you talked about that one a fair amount, but when we're stuck in that envious place, what how how does that affect uh, our relationship with God? How does that affect the church? Like, what does that well, do? Many, everyone who talks about envy falls into jealousy, and they're two different things. Right. Jealousy is I just wish I'd have got picked instead mm-hmm. of you, and you know, or I'm, I wish I had, I wish I could sing like you, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could play the guitar like you. But <laughs> envy is actually an, an active take, wanting to take what mm-hmm. you have, and I run across that constantly. People trying to pull me down to try to raise themselves mm-hmm. up. They, if I gain the respect of any group, yeah. somebody's going to come along trying to shoot me down and p- insert themselves. And um, it's really an amazing thing because I think the right response to that is nothing, to do nothing. Let them have their say. Mm-hmm. And not let people do, you know, just not show people that I'm intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. And it seems to work, but envy is a very damaging and destructive thing to the person doing it. And it can destroy the people you're trying to take from. Like if you go in to break up a marriage, I want your wife. Right. Um, I'm going to go and, you know, cause her to fall out of love with you and and notice me and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, lean my way or I'm going to seduce her. Or it's more likely when pastors like me, when women come to try to take the pastor Mm -hmm away from his wife it's like so weird it's just like it's so damaging but mostly to the person doing it if the if the person who is gifted like has the wife to be envied for has the pulpit the other person wants maybe is the worship leader they want to be they can be totally damaged by someone's envy but they also have control of that they decide Mm. whether envy works on the other side of the coin, the envier, he's he's destroyed or damaged. He's deeply wounded and damaged simply by the actions of trying to employ his envy. Mm. You follow that? Yep. I can someone can envy me and they can come and try to take what I have and they can't really hurt me unless I engage. They give them power. They I give unless I give them the power. Mm-hmm. If they want to take my wife away from me, she gives them power to destroy me mm. by submitting to by entering into that envy to letting it work right um so envy is one of those things one person is definitely destroyed the envier 
the other two people or one person, however many there is, all have a say in the matter of who else gets destroyed. And it is a very unique monster and it is very destructive and it happens all the time. And people who have been victims of envy, someone come and succeeded in taking their place. They are forever offended. They're forever Mm self-absorbed. They're forever, you know, unforgiving. Mm -hmm. It is very difficult to recover when envy takes a place and, and, and removes you and replaces you or takes what you have. It's those people are very, anyone who engages is destroyed. If everybody else says, no, I know who I am. You can't have what I have. And other people say, we're not giving you what he has. We already gave it to him. We're not taking it back to give Mm -hmm. to you. Nobody's destroyed except the envier quite possibly is injured in serious ways and could be destroyed. Envy is a terrible headed monster. It's a terrible, terrible thing to employ ever. Instead of being thankful that God gave that person, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm happy for you right. and what you have. Celebrating what they yeah. have, celebrating yes. their success. Yeah. So one of the big ones is like some, somebody gets promoted and, and you oh, don't, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's like, I, they don't deserve that. I do. I'm that's, gonna, yeah. Yeah. that's probably yeah. the biggest one right yeah. there. Because the, 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 one th- this, the, the wife thing is, is, you know, it does happen yeah. in the church. But in the church, it's more, especially like on our team, it's, mm-hmm. you know, being a pastor is quite a level of mm-hmm. accomplishment and some you know it's just not given freely so you know it's, it's you get you struggle with that and somebody gets promoted like you said before you it's, yep. it's, it's difficult or why or why do they get to sing they? on the stage and i don't or yeah. what you know or yeah, even really in the good. workplace that person got the job yes. that i wanted and yes. oh, that just that i've worked harder yeah. i'm this i've yes. been here most longer. of that is je- jealousy but it that's can, but jealousy it can, but it can take that step up right envy is when you then yeah. actively work to take that to that guy got Position. the job and you yeah. discredit him you plant right. things yep. news stories you know lies get people gossiping to where yep. they lose their job and you get it yeah it's envy is taking what they have yeah. mm. So it goes. So it starts in jealousy and then can grow yes. into envy. Yes, that's good. Yeah, yeah. and it, and so usually, what I guess what is way more common than is the jealousy part. But if we leave that again as a weed unchecked, yeah. it'll start to it can start to grow into. Yeah, you start yeah. describing it as jealousy. Yep. It doesn't have the same destructive nature. No. You stop at jealousy, like I'm jealous you got yeah. the job. I could even say and be your friend. I'm jealous you got yeah. the job. I wish I'd have got it. Right, but I'm. You got it, I'm so I'm going to go choose, ahead and I choose, choose to yeah. be happy for you. Yes. See, I can still have a little jealousy there, yeah. but um, I, I can, and it's at a level I can deal with it. Yeah. I can, I, I can defeat that. I can win that yeah. battle. But once you employ envy, where you start to take what somebody else has, mm-hmm. it, you can. You, it's good. You're defeated. Yeah. You're ru- You actually are destroyed. Yeah. And you're going to need to get saved. That's good. And lastly, we've got unforgiveness, which is similar to offense, but I think that the the sort of differentiating factor is offense tends to be more about the day-to-day, like, you know, this this happened, that person cut me off, that person was rude to me, that Mm -hmm. person didn't say hi to me this morning, like, you know, those sorts of things. Unforgiveness is clearly and strictly, I want you punished for what you did. Right, exactly. So I was going to say that... I want you to pay. The unforgiveness is usually the deeper things, and, and often it's the... I'm refusing to forgive that person for that thing that they did to me, and it's I want to be punished for it. Right? You will. Yeah. You'll get yeah. yours. Yeah. yeah. 
and they I, they tend to be four hours deeper. Yeah, and I think so, I think we've heard you know vengeance. The Lord will get you. Yeah, yeah. Vengeance yeah. is the Lord will get you. The Lord's going to get you. I'm not going to get. You. And it's like that's the heart yeah. of that is just wrong. Yeah. Second, you say that you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. I think the, the the thing that I always like to bring up when we talk about this is that is to define forgiveness well. So forgiveness doesn't mean that we're saying what somebody did was okay. No. Right? It mean what does it what does it mean? Uh, forgiveness is saying that it's not okay, it's not what okay, but getting again getting the, the poison out of your identity yeah. or and you know, just kind of verbalizing all the hurt and pain to Jesus or in a small room. And it's like getting rid of getting all the adjectives out that you want to say. And it's it's not saying what you did to me was okay, but unless I forgive you, I can't be forgiven. Mm. And it doesn't matter what. This is really hard because we when we preach this message, you know, the, in our in our congregation as probably any congregation in the, in the country, our world, there's been atrocities born on women and men mm-hmm. at the hands of other people. I mean, just horrible stories. So it's like you know, you, they don't want to forgive them, and it's like, yeah, but you're what you're doing is actually forgiving yourself. You're letting yourself out of jail again because, like, even, you know, with the um, offense, it's like you are totally in their jail. Mm -hmm. You can't do these things because you hate so much. Right. And it actually holds you um, handicapped. And so it's like it's never saying that what they did is right. It's like so, like you know, like a pedophile, you know. If you had something happen to you as a child – and you're, you know, you're an adult, and you hate that person, and you want them, you know, just whatever. It's not. It's it's dealing with the place of that hurt and pain, and the trauma, and just getting all the pain and all the uh, infection out of you, mm-hmm. like verbalizing, you did this, you did that, you did this. How dare you? I hate. I even hate you. I hate your guts for what you did. I hate you. You know. I mean, sometimes it's it's mm-hmm. so. It's so personal, and you just because of what was done was so personal, and it's a but, but, but unless I forgive you, I can't be free. Hmm. And Jesus said that unless I forgive you, I can't be forgiven. So getting all the pain out of your identity, and then begin the process. It's not when it's so traumatic. It's not just a one and done. Mm-hmm. It's affected every area of your life. You know, maybe you don't trust men. Maybe you don't trust women because whatever. You know, maybe you don't trust authorities. Um, there's always, there's always a, when there's a root, there's always fruit in the, in, in the consequences of hating. Yeah. Because when you, the truth is when you are unforgiving, it's hate. Right. And so it's like, but, it's, but if he's a pedophile, you, then you, after you forgive him, you wouldn't let your kids go stay with Hang him out, overnight. Hang out, right. Yeah. No. But it's just letting them off the... Um, the hook. So you're saying, I, you're saying, I no longer want you to be punished correct. for what you did to correct. me. I, I'm, I'm letting that go. And the reason is because I have, because of, I have been forgiven for by what, Jesus. For what I needed for to what be punished I've for. Done. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, it's like Jesus forgave me while, while I was yet a sinner. And he's real, if you read the New Testament, I mean, study for yourself to feel, find out what Jesus says about yeah. these things. That's really good. Anything you want to add to that, Steve? No, that was no. just really good. Yeah. yeah. So very clear. And jealousy, becoming envy. That's good. Unforgiveness, offense, yep. and selfishness. And honestly, offense becomes it becomes unforgiveness. Yeah, if you sit on yeah. it too, right? Yeah. Um, those things, I I felt to talk about this today because really, I I just think they are. They're so easy to as like little foxes that get in the you know get in the vineyard, and they might not seem to do much damage at first, but before you know it. You know, it's things are destroyed. That's right. 
So it, yeah, that's that's what happens yeah. when those things grow in your garden. And we just got to make sure that we um, we looking at our hearts, looking at our lives, and we are continuing. Keep short to say, accounts, guys. Jesus, Keep short make accounts. make me right because we want, I want to love you. I want to love other people. I want to love one another as I have been loved by you. And let's let's let him. Help and the us. truth is, you don't want to get to heaven, and by then it's too late. And he said, "Away from me, away from me! I never knew you." Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? I I was a pastor. No, well, you had unforgiveness, and you had offense, and Your you had... Was filled with this stuff, yeah, I was yeah. Filled, you were filled with jealousy and envy. Ah, and this is the downfall. You want to be... A, you walk as a Christian, and you decide, no, I, I said I believed with my mouth. I, I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm saved. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to worry about these things. But these scriptures are in the New Covenant. These That's are right. clear, delineated things that will trip a Christian up. And I don't know why we have discredited these things from being destructive to us, but they are totally destructive to us. They will wipe us out. They will, they will give the enemy his place to get his foothold in our life and destroy us. Mm -hmm. And I've asked Christians in crowds, how many of you feel you've had a Christian faith that did not work the way Jesus said it was supposed to work? And almost everyone raises their hand. Good. I think that the biggest adversary we have is this four-headed monster constantly attacking us, constantly poking us in the ribs, constantly offending us, causing us to want them to be punished, making it all about us. God loves you. You're so special. Instead of I love God and I owe him everything. And if I want to be forgiven, like Vicky says, I have to forgive him. And if I want to be free, I have to not be offended. And if I want to not envy and be swallowed up and devoured. I have to be happy with what God gave me and be happy for you with what God gave you. This goes on and on and on. That's really good. Selfless, not selfish. Okay, help us, Lord, to reveal reveal our hearts. If there's any areas where these things have a hole in us, would you help us untangle that web and and become uh, healed and whole? It's good. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great week. Yeah, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or would even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.